Do you know what? I think I know when I've been listening to too many podcasts over a few weeks when I've got a list of cliches that I'm a little over listening to and hearing. I've got three cliches I want to share with you today and two of them in particular I'm, I'm a bit tired of hearing and sick of. <laughs> One of them I'm not tired of and sick of hearing at all but I thought it was really interesting and I want to share them with you so listen in. Welcome to Aussie Ecommerce Mum, a diary style podcast for those of you starting out or running a product-based business. E-commerce is growing and more entrepreneurs are dipping their toes into making money online. In my podcast, you'll learn and be inspired by my experiences with running two Shopify websites that I started in 2020, because the e-commerce world is very different from running a digital or service-based business. On this journal-style podcast, I share my day-to-day trials and triumphs as they unfold in real time. Because let's face it, navigating the e-commerce world feels less daunting when we share our hurdles with someone else. Join me as I share from my kitchen table in Adelaide, Australia. Brought to you by one of my online stores, theturtlejournal.com.au. Hey, my name is Rachel. Welcome to episode 49. This episode I'm calling something like Are the Riches in the Niches? I'm not sure what I'm going to call this episode yet, but this is basically an episode about cliches in e-commerce that I um, have some thoughts about <laughs> I want to share with you. So I want to share with you a few, a few cliches, three in particular, that I hear all the time and you probably do too. And I want to share my thoughts about them. So this episode is less tactical, less educational. This is much more of a philosophical episode about my thoughts on these cliches. And I will share with you what I think about them. So I'm going to go straight to the first one. The first one is be your authentic self. Your authentic self. I hate this one with a passion. <laughs> this, is my, this is my first one and it makes me cringe. I can't stand this term. I hear this cliche everywhere. It comes up in almost every conversation on 90% of the podcasts I listen to or articles I read or Facebook group chats that I'm part of or even training I get from industry experts inside uh, the membership group I'm part of. I hear this term to be your authentic self and it gives me the creeps. Honestly, I really don't like it. I don't like it because I'm like, well, who, who the heck do you think we're being? Of course we're being ourselves, shouldn't we? Aren't we? Aren't we all being ourselves? Shouldn't we be being ourselves? Who on earth do we think we're being anyway? But do you know what? So much of society is built on being something or someone other than who we really are and escaping from who we really are or what we're doing. Like lots of our life is full of distraction and, you know, filling time with different things that really are meaningless in this, in you know, an effort to not have to be ourselves, <laughs> probably. So... I probably hate the idea that anybody needs to be encouraged to deliberately be ourselves. I think it's a bit crazy, but it's probably a sign of the times. And I do understand that that's probably actually a real thing, is that a lot of business owners struggle with being their authentic self um, in business and showing up and just being who, who they actually are. None of this is more obvious to me than on video. I do a Facebook Live every week with my customers and I'm st it still makes me nervous. I've, I've been doing it now for a little while. I think I've probably got about nearly 20 weeks worth. 20 weeks? Nah, not that many. Maybe 15 weeks worth of Facebook Lives I have on my Facebook page. And I still get nervous about it. I still feel a little bit insecure. But um, I'm going to be just me. Like, that's, that's who people expect to see. That's who I am. I don't want to be someone I'm not. That sounds exhausting to me, like exhausting to try and be somebody that I'm not. 
And perhaps, perhaps this is a bit of a personality thing too, and I take it for granted that I am a pretty confident person. I, I'm pretty confident in the things I do know, um, and I'm pretty confident in the things I don't know to say, actually, I, I, I really don't know. I couldn't help you. I actually don't know. I'm sorry. I have no experience with that. I don't know enough about it to give an opinion. I'm not confident in speaking on that topic. So I'm I'm a pretty confident person in that sense, personality-wise, perhaps, to, to be really confident in things that I do know and can speak to, that I would just be authentic. That's who I am. But then to be fairly obvious and straight up and honest when things that I don't know and don't understand or don't have an opinion on. So do you know what? It can probably be really beneficial to listen to and absorb content from creators that you respect who seem to do this effortlessly. If you listen to somebody or watch somebody speak and share, like particularly a business mentor, who does this effortlessly, like being authentic effortlessly, it seems really profound. I find it really engaging and striking to see somebody just, uh, just do it without so much pomp and ceremony about it or without without trying to do it deliberately so which makes me think there must be lots of business owners who just uh don't feel like they can be authentic because this guy if you've heard of him gary v i mean how big is his business businesses i should say i don't know how much wealth he has but he's built an entire business around you know being a mentor for people to help them just be who it is that they actually are so there's obviously a real need for that in this day and age but nevertheless whether there's a need for it or not i just cannot stand the term i find it really condescending sometimes actually when i hear people talk about it and maybe it's just the sheer volume oh, maybe it's just the volume of it i honestly hear it everywhere it's in podcasts like i said it's in facebook groups it's in some trainings i'm part of it's on articles i read like it is everywhere touted as like as this new thing that you could be successful in business if you're your authentic self, as if like no one else is doing it already. I don't know, it's just driving me nuts. <laughs> this is a weird episode. I apologise for that. I'm thinking as I'm recording, this is bizarre. You can think this episode's nuts itself. Number two. Okay, cliche number two I hear all the time. Aspirational marketing. Now, this one doesn't make me cringe at all. This is just something interesting. Aspirational marketing. So this is something I've heard a little bit recently and I've got a, there's a new spin on it that I've heard in 2023, which I happen to agree with wholeheartedly, actually. And I'd be interested if things change over time and lean further in this direction that I'm about to share with you that the people I have heard speak on this term have shared about the term aspirational marketing. And they have said, a couple of people I've heard said that it's now the market is moving, you know, consumers in general are moving from aspirational marketing or as far as we should be marketing to them as an aspirational product or an aspirational service like our our angle to customers is not shouldn't be aspirational anymore our angle to customers should be attainable and i think that's really really interesting so when i hear the term aspirational marketing which i still do hear a lot because it's a very common term is that you know you're an aspirational brand that now there's a couple of people I've heard, you know, in the industry, and I reckon I agree with them. I'd be interested to see what happens over time, would say that the consumer base in general and people in general, customers and society in general is moving away from being receptive to that sort of marketing, aspirational marketing, and they're far more receptive to attainable marketing. Let me give you an example. Aspirational marketing could be something like the Kardashians. That's aspirational. It's something that's the pinnacle of, it's uh, out of reach, it's so, it's so removed 
from reality. It's aspirational. And now there might be a shift towards uh, businesses finding success with their marketing when it's attainable. So this might become the new norm. And I reckon I'm on board this train. I would agree. I would I would agree with this, that it's going to become the new norm that businesses that find far better traction with their customer base and far more success, far more trust as a brand, lean much more on the attainable side of marketing and way less on the aspirational. So in other words, attainable be something like you can have this too. This can be yours. This is for you. Not aspirational. Aspirational is where we are like magnifying the gap between what somebody doesn't have and what we are offering them or what we have. And I, that makes this a bit icky. I don't like that at all. We're highlighting the deficit. I hate that. So that's aspirational marketing, something that you probably can't get to, but you really want and you'll try your hardest to get to, but you probably never get there. How terrible is that? It's just horrible. It's horrible to say it like that. Whereas aspir- attainable is far more personable, relatable. The idea the general customer behavior is leaning towards that makes me really happy as a marketer, that you can offer something to your customers that they can in fact have, that they can in fact get. It's like you having more conversations with them as a regular person to person, like a friend, conversations and interactions as your brand, rather than attainable, uh, sorry, rather than aspirational and being really far removed. And here's an obvious example, TikTok. Like any big creator you see on TikTok, not any, lots of big creators you see on TikTok are attainable marketers. They are marketing a brand that is attainable. It's relatable. You want to share it with your friends. It's your life on video in front of your eyes. Number three, number three uh, cliche that I hear that I have some thoughts about is the riches are in the niches. And for the record, it's niche, not niche. (laughs) I reckon Americans have screwed that term up and they say niche. It's horrible. It's niche. I'm sure it's niche. It has a little fancy little hyphenated E. It's niche, not niche. But nevertheless, the cliche is the riches are in the niches. And this is so cliche. Oh my goodness. How much have you heard this? You probably as much as I have everywhere, probably as much as um, being your authentic self. This doesn't make me cringe at all. I don't cringe when I hear that, but it's overused, so much overused that I think actually our brains switch off when we hear that and we just believe it. We swallow it whole and we believe it like 110% without actually thinking critically about it for us. So do I actually believe that wholeheartedly or am I just swallowing that because it's become gospel in the marketing industry that that's just the way things are and we accept it as the riches are in the niches? Are they really? Because, you know, with any headline business term that gets picked up like that, it becomes like blanketed everywhere across the board. You hear it all the time. And sometimes our business brains just switch off and we just swallow it and not think strategically or critically about it. But if we do think about it more strategically and critically to make sure it benefits our business for success and longevity, I don't know that the riches are so much in the niches here in Australia. Let me tell you why. I believe the population of Australia is about 26 million people. And out of that, I think maybe there's about 16 million adults, something like that. So if you advertise on Meta, if you don't, you totally should. You you, you should have been by now if you've been listening to me for five minutes. But let's say uh, you, you do advertise on Meta and you probably know how big your broadest audience is on Meta that encompasses every possible interest you can think of. 
they're not all your customers by any means, but they are all the potential people who might be interested in your product that you can think of. For me, it's about two and a half million people. Sounds like a huge amount of people, but they're just all people vaguely interested in products like mine, similar to mine, similar interests. They're not all customers and they're not all going to be customers. So do you know what? About two million people is maybe 7% of the population of this country. In fact, 2 million people's like, yeah, 7% at the most of adults who have purchasing power on social media. It's probably far less. Um, it, yeah, maybe 6%. Anyway, let's say 7%. But what is 7% of the US population? Guess what? It's 23 million people. That's almost as big as this whole country is in population size. So when you hear people talk about the riches in the niches to death, like it's the be all and end all for any success in your business, just keep in mind they're probably in the US <laughs> or the EU. Um, they might not be in Australia like or New Zealand and maybe they're selling globally, but I'm not. And my customers are here in Australia. I'm only marketing to Australians at this point. I have uh, sold lots in the US in my first year when I was drop shipping, but now I package and handle all my own stock and inventory. I sell just in Australia at the moment. So the riches are not in the niches just here in Australia. If I niche down as much as what people expect you to do. So I was on a training just a couple of weeks ago as part of a subscription box uh, training I watched and paid for and was part of. And she was running this training. She's amazing and phenomenal, but she's in the US. And she got us as an exercise to niche down about three levels. In other words, uh, so the sponsor of this podcast is the Turtle Journal. I sell stickers and scrapbooking supplies, all vintage sort of warm, fuzzy, warm, cozy style stuff uh, for journaling and scrapbooking and collage, things like that. So on this on this training, then let's say that's my broad niche is scrapbooking supplies. Let's make it really broad. Scrapbooking supplies. Then she would say, okay, niche down further. Okay, I could think, hmm, all right, maybe scrapbooking supplies for mums of little kids, you know, just when they want to do scrapbooking for little kids. And she would say, okay, niche down further. I'm like, um, maybe just scrapbooking then. Maybe not all the other paper crafts that usually come along with it. So not stamping, not card making, not collage, not journaling. Purely scrapbooking papers and supplies that is not card making, not stamping, not collage, not junk journaling, not mixed media journaling, not art journaling, just scrapbooking for mums with little kids. I thought, what the holy dooly? Like, I've, I've probably got a customer base of maybe 500 Australian women in that little bucket. Like, no one. Like, if I was to try and target those people on Facebook, honestly, the interest for that size might be 200,000, which if any of you know who advertise on social media, that is the smallest audience ever, and you're not going to get a lot of success or longevity out of that audience at all. So do you see where the problem is? you see why I get annoyed with this term? <laughs> We need to think about it specifically for our business and how it works for us and not just follow this sort of advice whole and assume that because it works in the US, it has to work here. Like I said to you, 7%, if, if say 7% of adults on social media are potentially my customers, and that's a massive percentage, it's nowhere near that, I'm sure. It's probably more like 5% of, of adults on social media might be interested in my products. Then let's say there is, and that's about 2 million people. 7% of the US is 23 million. 
it's over 10 times the amount. Like you could build a really big business with an audience size on social media of 23 million people. It's like, it'd be like marketing, I don't know, toothpaste to all of Australia, the whole country. That's a probably business there, but not for us if you're in a small product business, which many of you probably are. Just be cautious about the whole niching down too far because you'll hear a lot of experts in e-commerce say that the riches are in the niches. You've got to niche down and niche down again. I hear that a lot and I get really tired of it because it's completely tone deaf to the, their students and where their students live in the world and where their customers live, where they even want to advertise or where they want to run their business from. Um, so yeah, it's, we're not assuming that we all want to be marketing to the US because if I was marketing to the US as a person who sells just scrapbooking supplies to young mums, well, there probably is 20 million of them in the US, but they're certainly not here in Australia. So we have to be really cautious about some sort of advice like this that we take for gospel, particularly because so much online e-commerce building a business advice is from the US online. So you really have to think about it with your Aussie brain and your Aussie marketing skills, your Aussie audience in mind before you sort of take this advice to heart too much and kind of chuck your critical thinking out the window. So that's why I hate that term. That is why I really don't like that term is the riches are in the niches because that's true to a point. But if you're in Australia and trying to build a business here in Australia, then you need to be really careful about that because you cannot niche down to an audience size as tiny as what they would suggest in the US because it's a group of tiny people. It's one town. It's not a whole state like it would be in the US. So we just haven't got the population here. So that's my third one. So they're the three, like a bit of a weird episode, my philosophical take on these three sort of cliches. So be your authentic self, my first cliche, but FYI, I hate that one. Number two, aspirational marketing and the, the, the maybe the shift or the move to attainable marketing. I find that really fascinating. I think that's really interesting. And number three, the riches are in the niches and that's maybe true to a point, but definitely not to death like you would hear a lot of people suggest you should do. So thanks for joining me on my diary style podcast. I hope this has been an encouragement for you and this episode just a little quirky and different than usual on you know growing in e-commerce in Australia as we share our real-time wins together and challenges. I hope it's it's nice to as I keep you company while you're doing whatever it is you are doing in your business today head to my website and send me an email because I'd really love to hear from you at aussieecommercemum.com.au and I'll see you next time so keep learning